You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world. Only on WQHS Radio. So hi everyone, Harsha here, aka DJ Harsh, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to another awesome episode of Changing Reality. So for all of you out there in our lovely audience that doesn't know what Changing Reality is, Changing Reality is a show that features phenomenal people from all walks of life, whether they're anywhere around the world or alumni from here on the Penn campus. And um, the idea behind this show is that um, we get to hang out with some of these amazing change makers, entrepreneurs, business owners, to even artists, musicians, and inspiring executives, individuals from different parts of the globe. So through listening to the inspiring stories and how they are changing their reality uh, in the lives that they live, uh, hopefully we'll all be inspired to change the world around us too in the things that we love doing. And I wanted to do this show personally, simply because I feel like there are so many people out there who do phenomenal things and have stories to share about how the world around us works without us even knowing. And I'm super passionate about uncovering those stories and bringing those experiences to everyone here um, at Penn and also around the globe so that we can all find a way that we can uh, make changes, that we can actually use our strengths um, in our own capacity to create a better world. So personally, I founded and run a youth movement called Ascendance in Malaysia, which is where I'm from, that collaborates with the Malaysian Ministry of Education to provide an alternative education platform for any student who wants to change their reality. So we work with students from elementary all the way up to high school through various sessions, programs, uh, projects, experiential learning activities that help students discover what they're passionate about, learn about themselves and learn about it from world-class leaders all across the globe and start their own careers in it that creates meaningful impact for not just themselves, but those around them too. So to date, we've worked with uh, very recently close to 10,000 students in over 270 communities and have incubated countless number of student-run projects, careers, and even social enterprises run by students aged 8 to 20 years old. So in a way, I've always been passionate about helping people create their own reality. And I hope that uh, sessions like this today get to inspire you to do the same. So do drop any questions that you'd have below in the chat and we'll answer it in our next session as well. So today we'll be speaking to another lovely alumni from here at the Penn campus, Cecilia Leung, who is the Global Partnership Lead at Amazon Business Payments. So now let's invite Cecilia onto our digital stage so that we can hear a little bit more about her story and how she's done the amazing things she's done today. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> how are you? I am doing great. Thank you for inviting me onto your show. All right. It's really, really exciting having you here. And um, as I said, you are actually a student at Penn as well. So other than knowing all of the secrets that Penn students do and being connected to that hive mind of information that we all share, I'd say, um, I thought we could just open up by asking you, why did you choose to Penn in a sense? Like, why did you choose to go to Penn in a way? Um, I I was a student at Penn, oh my goodness, many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to say how long it was ago. Um, but uh, the reason I chose to go to Penn that many years ago was um, I was very intent on actually being a psychologist when I um, grew up in life. Um, clearly, that is not what happened. But um, back then, and I'm sure as it is now, um, Penn has one of the best psychology departments in the world, um, if not the best, 
in the world. And so um, when I kind of selected the, the, the different options that I had, um, it was really looking at a very specific um, major that I had in mind and going for, you know, where the best professors are, where I see people kind of writing the textbooks. Um, and Penn was it. So, um, you know, I was very excited to, to join the Penn community. Um, but that was that was the background as to how I got there. All right. Very cool. And um, I agree completely with the whole psychology angle and things like that. I study positive psychology. So it's like and I was really shocked when I got there and I saw like hmm, the person who wrote this textbook, like their bios is that they're from Penn. This is so so, yep, it's been quite the experience. In a sense. And you are obviously um, really, really good at um, psychology in a sense. If I'm, I think you co authored a journal article. Yes. And you also graduated uh, Magna Cum Laude from, from Penn. So, wow, congrats. Was it like, like why did you want to be a, psycho uh, like a psychology student in the first place? And how did that kind of like make you such an amazing student in a way? <laughs> so, um, I had. I, I had always had an interest in just kind of human behavior and, and what makes people tick. Um, um, honestly, going into psychology, I don't know that I, I knew exactly what I was getting into. And I think a lot of students are like this, right? You think that you know what you're studying, you think that you know what you're getting into, but but it wasn't, um, the reality wasn't, uh, you know, exactly what you expect it to be. Um, and I think I think when I when I got to campus, like I really was thinking, I wanted to be, um, you know, a, a, a therapist. That was really my going in premise was was to to really help people um, through therapy and really helping people with their mental health um, and and uh, you know being there and really studying the theories and 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 the techniques. It was a lot more overwhelming. Let's be real, <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. Um, a lot more responsibility than I thought, um, you know, it was going to be coming in as, a, as an innocent high schooler. Um, and so um, I think uh, I did learn a lot from from a lot of the, um, it, you know, the professors that I had interacted with. Um, I really kind of pivoted to uh, be more um, interested in the social psychology side of things, which is where the paper came in. Um, as well as the study of intercultural um, psychology, because uh, being as somebody from from Asia, living in there, you're, you're from Malaysia. I'm actually, you know, from Hong Kong. I've lived in many, many different countries in Asia. I lived in Taiwan for a while, and then being in the U.S. and just kind of coming face to face with a lot of the realities of how people are different just because of their cultural and sociological backgrounds. It was just a topic that really fascinated me as, as I spent more time in it. Um, and so that's kind of what led to the, the paper um, being being published. I, I worked with a professor who was studying this and, and um, you know, kind of helped him uh, develop the topic, uh, ran the experiments. Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it ended up being a great learning experience, um, a lot of fun. Um, and I think really in a way changed the direction of where I ended up going um, with, with, with my career and, and, and what I decided to do after graduation. Cool, very cool. So what was your frame of mind stepping out after graduation, um, looking for 
like applying for jobs or maybe getting jobs offers being chased after you in a sense i don't know but like i i read somewhere that you pivoted into the marketing and advertising field mm-hmm. so that's something that you planned or was it something like you it just came upon you in a sense that was something that i planned so i i did um i have a a major in communications as well so i did major in psychology but i also majored in communications and i will be honest it was a uh, largely due to the Edinburgh um, campus um, or the building being as attractive as it is. It sounds so shallow, (laughs) but I did, I did take a couple of classes um, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is very interesting. And look at how awesome this place is. (laughs) Um, And so again, you know, Maybe nowadays it wasn't, it's not as central um, a, a location, um, but um, it, it was back, back in the day. Um, and uh, again, not, not to make it sound even more shallow, but um, no, I, it, it was, it, I, you know, I, I think I, I was first attracted because of the topic. It took up a couple of classes. It was very, very interesting. Um, and uh, and when I when I graduated with a with a double major in psychology and in communications, it was kind of like where 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 would be a good fit? And advertising, you know, was a good fit. Um, and um, you know, I think I think you never know what you had, you know. And I just to skip forward a couple of years, we can always go back in the next question. But I kind of feel like. Um, you know, you never know where you would end up in 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 life or in your career, but um, in the short term, you know that made a lot of sense for me as a next step. And when I knew what my next step was, I I, I usually try to go and get it. Um, and so I had really targeted psychology as a, I mean, um, advertising as a career once I decided that I'm I'm not cut out to be a therapist. Um, and I um, I spent. Uh, I spent my internships actually also in, in advertising over summers. Um, and when I graduated, I actually, you know, I, I wrote letters. I, I mean, I don't, people don't do that anymore. Um, I, I wrote letters to all of the, you know, major advertising um, agencies in New York City. And, uh, you know, a couple of them called me back. Not a lot of them did, but a couple of them did. Um, and I got interviews the traditional way, um, you know, again, back in the day when you wrote letters and and actually stuck them in the mail, um, you know, people called me back and, and, you know, I got interviews and, and I, I ended up at, at DDB, um, which, you know, was, it was a great place to start. Okay. Very cool. And I think you were an account executive at, uh, DDB Mm -hmm. and, uh, from what I've heard, you were there managing a lot of really cool brands, in a sense, from Exxon Mobil, yeah. Bentley, like those Michelin. are like oh, yeah. oh Michelin. Oops, sorry. No, no, <laughs> and, it's okay. <laughs> no, and they're just so cool. So it's like for someone who who again, you, you're new to this in a way, and you you come in and you've got all these big brands and things like that. How do you really start learning the ropes and things like that? I, I doubt there's a manual that says like branding for Exxon Mobile and things you know, just like that. So like, where where did you start in a way learning or grasping all of this? Um, 
It was a lot of the people that were there. So I did have a manager who I worked with very, very closely. Um, there was a lot of coaching involved. I think that the positive um, thing about starting in advertising is that there is a pretty structured um, hierarchy um, and 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 a career path um, for for uh, you know people in the company. Um, and within the ex account executive team, you started off as an assistant account executive and you had a mentor or manager who was an account executive and they, you know, sit you down, teach you the ropes, um, you know, have you do competitive research to start off. I almost feel like that's kind of the key to, to, to all beginners is, is a lot of competitive research, a lot of news articles, news, like things that you can do just not knowing anything, um, you know, like a lot of research-based things. And then as you sit in on meetings and, and listen in um, to discussions, I think that's just really how you pick things up um, and, and, and almost like go with the flow. Um, but it was, it was, it's, it's a very good training ground, I would say, just partially because of, of the structure of the teams there, um, having that kind of step-by-step process that's very cleared out clearly laid out career path um the other thing is um i had to work with a lot of really difficult people like so now i i, I look back um i i realize that because um you deal with a lot of very creative people in advertising um literally they're called creatives and um <laughs> you know the people who like you know art directors and you know, literally they're called creatives and they have very strong personalities and opinions. And when they create something, that's like their baby. And you have to learn how to um, work with them and bring them towards a different opinion, potentially, because you have customers, clients who have different opinions, um, but not hurt their feelings, you know, and, and get that buy-in. It was a very... Um, I think a very, very useful skill to have learned that early in a career um, that I feel like really helped me moving forward into the future as well. Um, so plus you got to, you know, go on TV shoots and photo shoots and sit in production rooms and do editing studios and sit there all day and sit in focus groups behind like, um, you know, the those one-way mirrors. Like all of those things were just, so fascinating. Um, it was a lot to learn, uh, but it was also just very, very exciting to be part of that world. Yep, and I, I really love like a few of the points you brought up, especially working with uh, creative people. That's something that I feel at times I, I struggle with at times as well. It's like bringing everyone to a shared vision and it's something that I'm learning how to do. So how did you learn how to like work with people with different personalities? Because I'm sure like in your position, you've got on one side all of these very creative people who who can come up with brilliant ideas. And then you've got like the deliverables and the the clients that you've got to deal with and things like that. So how did you bring um, or like like at least the creative people to like um, the the place that you wanted them to or the space that you wanted them to create in and like even if we don't if we have to skip a little in your story tell us what's your secret in it in a sense <laughs> i mean i think i think a lot of it is um understanding where they're coming from um having a lot of open dialogue and conversation and and um you know trying to get to a place where where you can mutually agree on a way forward um because 
because you know like i said like a lot of the creative folks their their creations are their babies and it's very hard to criticize somebody's baby you can't you know you can't be like no you got an ugly baby yeah so it's a lot of it is just saying um you know making sure that you understand their perspective keep that in mind stand up for them um you know not not necessarily all the way to the end but like stand up for them publicly so I, I i actually distinctly remember this as 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 one of the um i would say semi-defining turning point moments as as somebody who's really new you know i was not sure what i was doing but then observing enough to know that it's important to kind of stand up for your creative person um and being in a conference call with a customer with a client and and with a creative um lead and being like, no, no, I, I, I really believe that this is the right thing. Like that gained so much respect that like, you know, that like even you having a few, you know, times when you're pushing back, obviously pushing back constructively um, to someone who's even a customer, like that really helps solidifies, you know, the trust and, and earn their respect. Um, and then, you know, once they once they believe you, once they once they know that you've got their back, um, I think the 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 rest of the relationship flows a lot more smoothly. Um, I think as as somebody who's young, relatively new in their career, you know, it's very easy to capitulate to pressure from a customer, especially, um, and just being like, yes, yes, okay, okay, <laughs> you know. But like, but I think you know, being able to have um, you know, a little, a little backbone, I'd say, and, and push back, um, was really, uh, you know, I think really earned, earned their trust. Um, so that's, that's, that would be one kind of simple pointer that I would, I would bring. No, that just shows like, I mean, how much people probably love you because that's such a good way of like like working with someone. And I feel like many times when we've got this whole problem solvers versus creative people kind of debate, it becomes um it becomes like how do we get them to think like us? But I like the stand that you take, which is literally stand up for them and and be there for them. Which again, I I think that just shows how good of a leader you are in a sense. So. How did you grow from there? You you were managing all these people, all these really cool brands. And I've got to ask, did you ever get a brand and then just like take a few minutes to go like, oh my God, this is so cool and things like that. So how did you grow from there in a sense? I mean, they were all cool. It was very, all this, everything was very cool. I mean, I think, I think, um, you know, going from um, Michelin, I remember I worked at, again, it's ancient history for most of you guys, but like, when I worked at Michelin, they had the Firestone recall, um, and and that was when. So again, ancient history. I can see. I can see on the face. Uh, um, what happened was um, the tire treads started coming off of a lot of Firestone tires, um, and and SUVs were like tipping over while people were driving, um, and so and so there was there was a there was a big kind of hoopla as to, you know, tire safety, all of a sudden, everyone was very concerned. And, um, you know, we, we had, we had all these like crisis management type discussions, um, because we were on a competitive brand. But it was kind of like, you know, how do you just reassure people that that tires are safe in general? 
um, and 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 the brand. So Michelin decided to to um, you know re uh, re up on their commitment to safety. Um, there was always a like a stick uh, because so much just riding on your tires. I still remember was their tagline, and it was all about like children are in the car with you. Um, and then the whole idea of like, you know, like your babies are in the car with you and, 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 and you need to be safe. Um, that was the big idea. And so, and so it was a, it was a, it was a crisis management moment to come up with a very simple, um, image and, and headline, um, that reminded people of kind of the, the, the legacy of safety that Michelin always had. Um, without being too explicitly like, you know, you know, you, you know, these other people are not safe, you know, like let's you know, let's not go there, you know. But um, but being able to reinforce that, um, you know, they had you know, baby and and tires, just kind of again, very simple message to take it to. I was gonna say take advantage, but to really you know, like heighten the awareness of of safety in the moment. Um, and it was it was just again like an amazing experience to be part of that fire drill um, of, you know, of like, like how do you take a crisis scenario and turn it into a positive? Um, but, uh, but it was great. It was, it was a lot, it was a lot of good learning. Um, you know, like I said, everything was cool. Some of the coolest experience were actually brands that we may or may not have gotten um, um, working on like new product or new, new, uh, new brand pitches I mean, those are like overnights, like nobody slept type <laughs> type exercises. Like you would like literally be in the office overnight, um, going, you know, working on working on a pitch. Um, but just the energy of that, right? Like being being part of a team that's so uh, mentally focused on one thing, one day, one presentation, you know, and and everyone pitches in and just nonstop around the clock getting something in. Um, it was a lot of excitement. It was a lot of adrenaline, um, but uh, it, it was also a lot of fun. What was the thing that was most unexpected for you um, in this whole field, in a sense? Because you worked at many of, I think, some of the top marketing and advertising companies out there. So what made you go like, hmm, I never thought of this before? Yeah, so so um, I think... I think um, you know, from a marketing perspective, I think people think of a lot of the the the, the glitz. You know, like I, even I talked about it, right? Like the shoots and the, you know, the 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 movie stars, and which I never saw a movie star. Um, but you know, like, but I think just being in that world um, is very exciting. But I think what people don't recognize is all the just hard work and very sometimes very tedious things that go into it right so um that I, that i appreciate like really now even like for the rest of my career like that that actually is the majority of what you do is is you know like little things to move projects forward um so for example every um, piece of advertising goes through a create, um, not a creative, a legal review, right? Where every word is picked over, 
Um, you know, make sure that there's no overpromise. Make sure that everything is accurate. Make sure you have claims to back up every claim that you make. Like, you know, you have evidence to back up every claim that you make. And all these things um, are, I, I don't know that the viewers appreciate how much goes into it. Um, but every moment, every word, every color, like so much discussion, just, you know, should it be blue or red? Like, should the emphasis be on, you know, like lights or should the emphasis be on, you know, like, I don't know, dark, you know, like it's like, it's like there's such a, such a, such a, like so much work goes into everything that we see um, that I think I, you know, I did not have an appreciation of that. Um, and I think now I have an even greater appreciation of that. Um, just having been through so many different companies and, and in different positions, um, you know, whether it's in marketing or, or what I'm doing right now, which is a little less marketing and more business development, um, or in the, in, the, in the middle where I, you know, did product management or business management, like all that stuff. Like, I think, I think what people don't appreciate and, and kind of sitting in college you don't see is all the little things, um, everyday mundane things that go into something being successful. Um, you know, whether it's a piece of advertising or whether it's a product that you see launched or, you know, like it's, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of hours of little, little teeny things <laughs> that kind of go into, you know, that may, may or may not be super exciting, but, you know, like things that need to be done. No, no, I completely agree. And I mean, like, I remember when, when I first started Ascendance, my social enterprise, and we had to, like, take care of every font and every alignment in Ascend. And after that, whenever I went, like, to a restaurant and I saw, like, a word was off in their menu, I was just like, whoever spent their sleepless nights on this, I'm so sorry. That, like, <laughs> like, because it's like, there is a lot of work in that. And I, and it is really awesome that you acknowledge that. And from your journey, I think, again, you went around in so many of the top firms and things like that, but I think you eventually became a manager of strategy and enablement at Digitas uh, North America. Is that right? Yeah, that was brief. That was actually an internship. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I went, um, I went to business school, not at Penn. I went to Columbia. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I missed Penn, um, but I, I ended up going to Columbia. Um, and um, one of my internships was was a manager of strategy and enablement at Digitas. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was short, but you know, again, it was it was very strategy focused. And, and I think there was a time when I thought I wanted to be a consultant. Um, and you know, Digitas seemed like a good creative way to do that, right? So it's not it's not a traditional strategy consulting role. It was a little bit on the, you know, closer to where I'm used to, like you know, on the advertising side, um, but also you know, in a in a consulting manner, consulting engagement type of uh, of um, interaction with your customers. Um, so I wanted to try it. Um, so I did, and uh, and I think it was. Um, again, you know, all experiences are good learning experiences, but it was just, it was interesting to learn about how people thought about the brand in a different way than, you know, in advertising, you're so focused on executing because there's so much to execute to get done. Um, and within that, that strategy world, it was more like, let's think about the big picture. Let's look at the numbers. Let's look at, you know, you know, what, it, what is the, 
what is the the recommended next step? Um, let's look at the whole brand, not just you know a, a, a piece of it. Um, and so having that experience was actually very very cool as well, um, and and definitely helped inform you know kind of future future endeavors. Um, and I still remember my customer there was American Express, um, oh. and now I work with them quite extensively. But like, who would have known? <laughs> who would have known right back when that like this was this this like the world kind of just comes around. All right, all right, that, that's very cool, and we will definitely speak about that later. But um, so you had kind of like this turning point where you did your MBA, and then you kind of went into a little bit more managerial roles, and you went into city, uh, which is huge, and things like that. So first of all, what brought on wanting to try something a little bit different from what you were normally um, used to, in a sense, and how was it like in this whole world of um, like having completed your MBA now entering a new company? How was that change like for you as well? Yeah, I think um, I had gone to business school thinking that I wanted to be on the on the client side, and you'll hear. I mean, I, I mean, I, this is not clearly just the advertising focused radio show, but like um, in the advertising world, I, from what I remember, you know, a lot of people say they want to go into the client side, right? Like a lot of it is is I'm 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 in the advertising side. I want to be on the branding side where I, I'm part of the company and I own the brand. Um, and again, what you learn from experience is you don't know half of what these people were doing. You're on the advertising side thinking like, what do these people do? Like we're doing all like, their work for them. And I'm like, well, what do they do? You know? And, and, and what you realize is on the, uh, on the flip side is you don't know half of what they were doing, not even close. Um, so if, if I had any advice for, for folks kind of moving into, into the, into the job world is like, don't assume, you know, what people are doing. <laughs> people always have more on their plates than you, than you might imagine. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was my reason for going to business school was that I wanted to get into marketing. I wanted to be on the branding side. Um, and, um, the reason I, I joined city was actually because they had a, they have I think it wasn't just had, I think they still do. Um, they have a management associates program for, for MBA graduates. Um, and it's a, it's a formal training program for business school grads. And you get to rotate through a variety of different um, job functions there um, and got, you know, special training because you're, you're a graduate of one of the, you know, the top, uh, business schools in the country. Um, and, you know, that was like versus going into, you know, I was looking at some CPGs as well, um, like the Colgates and the, and the Unilevers of the world where, where you would think, you know, somebody who is focused on marketing would want to go to because it's kind of core marketing. Um, but just from talking to recruiters on campus and, and um, you know, having access to different companies and and just having um, all that exposure, um, you know, what I learned was was that having that program and being able to rotate and gain all that experience um, in the end was more valuable to me. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up at City. But I, but I do think it's. Um, you know, it, you, you feel pretty invincible coming out of MBA, you know, and, and then reality quickly hits again. But it's funny because, like, I feel like seniors graduate from college thinking, 
you know, the world is your oyster, you know, and uh, especially if you already have a job job lined up and, and it's one that you wanted, you're like, okay, this is this is my ladder to success. I'm set. Um, you know, or or on, on the flip side, if, if you graduate without a job and, and you're kind of desperately looking, you know, it feels kind of dismal. Um, but it, but if again, if I had advice like like this, it would be that everything is temporary. <laughs> like this too shall pass, whether it's positive or negative. And like, you know, don't assume that things are going to stay the same forever. Don't assume that the career that you pick now is going to stick with you forever. Um, there are so many opportunities out there that, 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 you know, you can take advantage of. Um, and I think that's kind of where I went and, and I started in the marketing space, which is where I did want it to want to be, um, when I graduated, but then, you know, I, 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 I ventured into analytics at city because I was able to, um, and and I, I saw how important it was while I was there. Just you know how important financials are to a to a bank. You would imagine you would know that, <laughs> but uh, but I think you know as as, as you know as a, as a you know as it was it was a little less apparent, I suppose, than when you're there and every decision was made you know on on a basis point. Um, and uh, and so you know, I stepped into an analytics role because I was I was I was I was able to with the rotational program. Um, I actually had people telling me that I didn't need to do that, but I'm so grateful that I did. So yes, yeah, and this is a, you'll encounter all sorts of people at work, um, and these these are great managers. I'm not saying they're not, um, but they were like, no, no, like you you can stay in marketing and just you know kind of. <laughs> dabble with the analytics side you don't need to go into analytics but I'm so glad that I did because because you know it really honed my skills in um forecasting and and you know building PLs from the ground up and it, it definitely definitely served me well moving forward um and my my last rotation at city um I I don't know if it's okay for me to jump there did you want to talk about other stuff Ooh, first but okay my last rotation at cities it was it was three rotations was actually with um the international business um it was a, with international cards and um i tell the story to to whether it's students or younger employees that i work with often um because there was no associate management associate in international cards they didn't have a position open. There was nothing. Um, but I was like, I want to do international. Like my background is international. I, I did this whole like, cross-cultural. I know. I was like, I, 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 you know, and City is such a global company. Like I went to um, the, a manager who used to be a management associate. He didn't have a position open. And I said, you should have a position open. I'm like, what? What's the deal with you not having a position? And he was like, wait, what? We like, I didn't even know you guys were still doing this, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we are. Like, just, I, you know, I, I, I went, I did what people call, like, I, you know, I, I did an informational interview and I said, I'm a management associate. I'm going into my next rotation. You don't have a position open. I don't know why, but I'm very interested um, and you know, what, what can, what can we do? And, and he went and created the position, um, you know, went to HR and said, you know, like, 
like, why aren't we part of this program um, and created the position. And once the p- position was opened, there were other people interviewing for the role who was not me. And I'm like, come on, like, <laughs> like, come on. like I, I made this happen. Like, you know, don't like, come on. Um, and, you know, obviously I, I did end up getting the role. Um, and then from then on, they had, you know, they had, they had, they had plans for the, the, the management associates coming in for a while. I mean, obviously reorgs happen all the time and things change, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was, uh, it was great having that experience. And I was kind of like, don't take no for an answer, like just go and go and get it done. Um, and, and it worked. Um, so, so yeah, so, so that's how I joined. I was in international cars. And when I, when I, um, graduated from the program, I ended up staying there, um, cause I was doing some really cool things there. Um, and, uh, stayed there a couple of years, um, with city as well. So it was, it was great. Yeah, and I and I think you went like really, really high in the organization. You were head of business collaboration for their global cards. You were um, their SVP for I think City Enterprise Payments. So you didn't just create your own position. You were just like, I'm just gonna excel in everything that I do here. In a sense, how did you do that? How did you come into a, like, a, like you are honestly like like in the best ways a storm of awesomeness that I think took them by. <laughs> Like because you come in, you you create your own position, and then you grow and you progress in the ladder of that company. This is very unlikely, and I feel like all of us would not even be able to imagine it if we weren't listening to you. So, how did you even progress in your career in such a way that, in I would say, quite a short period of time, you did so much? Yeah, that's very sweet of you to say. Um, <laughs> um, you know, head of business collaboration was a role that again we created. Uh, for ourselves. So, so myself, um, so, you know, there was a recognition of a need for better um, communications between the countries, right? So we're in international cards. Um, people weren't talking to each other. And, and it was like, how do we share best practices? How do we make sure that people um, have a place to go if they're looking for information? Um, and so, you know, I created a program that we called, um, I think something 360. I don't even remember. Um, but like, but like, no, no, you know, yeah, it was, you know, and, and so it was, um, uh, it, it was some, it, it was like a wiki, you know, like things that you take for granted now, um, SharePoint site is something that like that helped compile information and put together seminars and and um, you know kind of global meetings that that was focused around uh, business uh, best practices sharing um, and then put that together presented it um, kind of kicked things off and and got that to to roll out um, so that was exciting um, and then um, the enterprise payments role still stands as my the yeah best kind of work experience I've had to date it was phenomenal um and and I go back and and I and I did have a manager tell me like don't take this role because this team is new and it may not last um and I have and I always have and I think maybe this is just either um 
I guess not recognizing reality or just being overconfident. Um, you know, I was like, I don't care. I'll find another job. <laughs> like I was like this. You know, it sounds like fun. There are a lot of people there who, who, who are very influential, and and um, there were a lot of managing directors in this team hiring a handful of people um, joy to join that group. Yes, it was potentially temporary, um, but. But you know, a two-year stint is actually a really good stint if if that if it lasts that long, right? So again, um, just kind of going in with that that mentality, like let's try something new. Um, so, you know, we kind of founded that group, I would say, and and enterprise payments uh, was a, um, a it was it was a team that kind of looked for new ways for payments to flow. Um, and what we did was we bridged um, the the city's consumer bank with city's in, in, institutional bank. So the the bank that focuses on on pe people on a day to day basis, as well as the bank that focuses on large enterprises, um, and how those payments kind of came together between these two parties, and how city could, in the middle, um, facilitate these these payments transact transactions. Um, had a couple of key industries that we targeted, um, and um, I learned a completely new business while I was there, um, which ended up being, you know, the, the most of my focus since then. Um, but uh, the merchant um, card acceptance side of the business, you know, working on building a global platform for that, um, it, it it was it was amazing. Um, so. I mean, I, I, you know, if if there was a lesson to be learned from this, I would say don't don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid of uncertainty. Um, and and I, you know, I think I think the how. Um, I don't even know how. It was just it just, <laughs> you know, like step up to the plate, take risks, you know, and then work work hard, work hard, hard, hard. Um, that was definitely something that. That came into play. It was it was a lot of. I still remember long hours, um, but also don't don't doubt yourself. Um, you know, like I th I think I think I, I can't speak for other people, but I was like probably the most junior person on that team. It was like a CEO, and then a bunch of managing directors, and then there was like me, and like. You know, maybe two or three people who are the same level as I was, um, w working with people who like, you know, I, the person I worked for used to like be the president of Charles Schwab. She was just amazing, and and um, you know, I learned so much. But like, it's kind of like take every opportunity. It's so easy to be intimidated by people like that. Um, but when you step up to the plate and you, and you can perform, um, you know, with people who are so senior and you can kind of help them because they're not into the details, right? At, at that level. Um, if you're kind of like, don't shy away from that and step up to the plate and, and go like, I'll fill in all the gaps for you. Right. Like I, I remember I would, <laughs> we had customer pitches and, because she was so senior, she's used to working with people who ran companies, 
like businesses, like, you know, like she would, she, she ran a company and she had people who ran huge businesses reporting to her. And there was me like a couple of years out of business school. Um, but I, I, you know, I would do everything and, and put, put all like the presentation materials together and I would run up to the glass where she was on a different call um, and like stick that paper in front of, in front of the glass and be like, you need to read this. We have a meeting in half an hour. <laughs> but like, I would like mouth it through like the glass and she'd be like, okay, 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 wait, 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 you know, and and um, probably get to her maybe five minutes before I sit down and go like, okay, this is what this is. This is what this is. This is what this is. And then she'll be like, okay, got it, got it, you know. And and because she is as experienced as she she is, she would just wing it, like, you know, take everything, wing it, and it would be just perfect. Um, so just, you know, having exposure to people like that um, was was just the best experience, um, even though it was sometimes a mad scramble and it, it, it could have been stressful. You know, I find it very exhilarating. Um, and, uh, you know, like like I, I, I always say, like, no, no offense to all the other businesses that I've worked in, including Amazon. Um, this was actually one of the best experiences. I mean, it still stands as kind of the best career experience I've, <laughs> I've had. It was just so much fun. Um, I can imagine, and I and, and I'm just so amazed how at like every step you either you not only create your own career in this corporate world in a sense, but you also take on new things. You also aren't afraid to make that career work, and I guess that's like if if you had like a room of corporate people who are thinking about doing things differently, who are thinking about um, trying to do what you do and like find a role for them that may not already exist what would your advice be to them to not just create that role, but to make the role work in a sense? Yeah, I would say fill any gap that needs to be filled. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think, I think so, so people may or may not know, um, Amazon has 14 leadership principles. And, and um, if you ever interview at Amazon, it's very, very important to know the 14 leadership principles. But though people always ask, like, what is the leadership principle that resonates with you the most? And for me, it's it's ownership. Um, and and be, and like to me, like acting like the company is your company. Um, and I kind of feel like I do this intuitively without really thinking about it. But but I've I, I rarely say, you know, this is not my job and I'm not going to do it. Right. So um and, and I think that's that's been very very helpful in in my career. Is is it, I mean a couple of things. It helps you learn new skills. Um, so you know we were we were building a business. There was we we're building a platform um, at City, and I had very little technical background, um, but you know people were like, you you need a you need a write business requirements and i'm like okay <laughs> I don't, how how do i do that you know and you find out how and you do it you know and 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 then eventually you know i got enough momentum obviously it wasn't just me it was it was me and my manager a couple small group of people um it got enough momentum that like okay we need a business analyst to come in and actually 
write these business requirements in a way that makes sense to people besides yourselves, right? But dang, I tried, you know, like I did it, you know, like I, I went, I did it. I sat down, I wrote all this like pages and pages of stuff, um, you know, and, and we had no finance person. We needed a business case. We had a business case that spanned uh, four different regions. Like it was like 50 plus countries for different regions. So, you know, I was like, I can do a forecast. Um, and anything I didn't know, I would call, you know, my, my friends in the, in the, that I knew from the, you know, my, my management associate days and be like, what exactly does this, you know, line item do? And like, and how does this add, you know, like, and, and just ask. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it was, it was taking on the new role and then not being afraid to just step in and do whatever it is that's necessary to make it successful. Um, and I think execution is, cannot be underestimated. I think strategy is one thing. Strategy is very important. Um, but execution and again, the grunt work, you know, being willing to go in and step by step, write everything out, you know, read a 300 plus page contract because you had to understand everything that was going on. Um, you know, like, like willing to do all of that um, to ensure that something is successful. Um, again, it goes back to the ownership, goes back to, you know, like it doesn't matter whose job it is, let's just get it done. Um, I think is, is very important. And it's funny that you say this because I think your next role was actually chief of staff um, of global product and data solutions at yeah. uh, the street. So now you have like, you, you go from like doing all of these many things to managing, I think what over 800 people on their day-to-day -day tasks and things like that. So that's a leap, isn't it? Like, like you, you are, you doing the work and then now you've got like 800 people doing the work. How did you make that leap and keep an eye on everyone like I've got a team of like 30 people and I'm still like what are you doing at times and things like that so how? yeah yeah so so a chief of staff role uh you know again I, I'm I, I it's very sweet of you to think and and, and you clearly um you know I think I think uh the the 800 people was really I, I kind of supported that person um, not quite exactly in the role where I manage them directly. Um, but um, the story behind that role is also still very interesting um, in that a recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, you know, DMB has a pricing role. Would you be interested? Um, and my former manager at City, who I love, still do, um, she's again so good, um, and and I've been very lucky to have some really just amazing managers in my life. Um, she was like, you know, if you're interested in the company, which I was interested sometimes because it was uh, it was 15 minutes from my house. Um, so, you know, DMB is, is, a, is, a, is a company is you know is a, is a respected you know well established business. Um, the city uh, enterprise payments role that I was in, actually we were shutting down the business. So that did happen, 
exactly what was predicted did happen. It happened three and a half years later after some amazing, like, again, still the best experiences I've had so far. So no regrets there. Um, they were shutting down and, um, you know, I was, I was, I, I mean, I was, I was not asked to leave, but, you know, I, I was like in a position where I'm like, okay, well, let me look around. Um, and I think that was um, the right thing to do. And so, um, you know, I was like, hey, you know, this, this sounds interesting, but I don't really, I'm not that interested in pricing. That's not super fun <sighs> to me. So I went and interviewed and they came back and said, you know, we don't think you're good for the pricing role, but we want you here, you know, oh. so we'll figure out what we're going to do with you. Um, and so it took them a while and, you know, they, they, they went and back, and they, they, they were like, oh, let's think of a role for her. Um, and they created a chief of staff role um, because, you know, they, they thought that was a better fit. And it was, it was like, I was like, so, you know, again, advice would be if, if you're interested in the company, like, just go for it. <laughs> like, like see what happens. Um, you know, and, and, and if I didn't have an amazing mentor who told me that, like, you know, like just go and see what happens. Um, I wouldn't have done it. Um, but, uh, but so they created the role, um, and in that role, I supported the chief uh, product officer, and she was the direct manager of over 800. I supported her on a day-to-day -day basis, um, which you know included helping her manage the people, um, and and so a lot of it was when you're that senior, um, it's the the folks that reported to you were also very very self sufficient right and and I think just being able to sit in those um, discussions at at that the most senior level where people were talking about you know their teams of couples of hundreds all over the world how they're managing them um, you know I wouldn't say I was giving them advice I was really more learning from them and making sure that if there were any urgent matters that they got to the right people. Um, you know, connecting the dots, uh, making sure that like my direct manager, who was the chief product manager, was aware of any kinks in the system. Um, you know, I also did initiate some some programs myself. So we worked on uh, building um, a, 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 a an innovation. Um, I wouldn't say incubator, but kind of like an incubator, right? So like a path for innovation to happen within the company and how to bring that together, um, you know, went through kind of design, um, thinking, training um, to bring that to to, to folks um, and um, establish a more formalized project. Uh, we kicked off, I don't know that it really launched, I left before all of that happened, but um, we kicked off a, a, a program to bring, you know, really strong female leaderships um, and and think about, you know, like women in leadership uh, opportunities for, for DMB. Um, so there was a lot that happened in the short time that I was there, um, whether it was just kind of sitting, um, you know, with the manager and helping her coordinate and manage her team. Um, or building some new initiatives for the for the business, um, you know, it was it was a great experience, um, and I think 
um, you know, the one thing that I that I still remember was um, I put together the board decks. So the, pre the presentation for the board of directors, you know, and like so formal, right? Like the the the, the exact um, you know layout and you know again the language had to be vetted by legal before it went out. Um, but then interacting with the board of directors and having a seat at the table with, with like people who have so much experience, um, talking about kind of the life and death of a company, um, more life, not death, but, you know, but just, it, it was, it was something that as somebody who's, I would still count as relatively new in, in working, like compared to everybody else there. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a really good experience to have. Um, so yeah. You are so humble. I'm just saying you're like senior VP here, chief of staff there, but you're still so humble and kind and like, oh, they've got more experience than me. And um, that's very admirable. And I think that we should all strive to be as humble and as and kind of like as willing to learn as you are, which I've heard is a complaint among college students who are not even a fraction year as uh, successful. <laughs> so, thank you. And um Today, you have this global role at Amazon. So first of all, other than knowing the 11 pillars of Amazon's uh, leadership theory and things like that, how did you actually come to this role? And um, how has, because the way I look at it, it's almost as if everything that you've done, even since the time you're in Penn, has kind of like connected in some way or another. So how did all of these experiences kind of like come together in your role today in global partnerships? Because it's like, it's kind of like down your alley in a sense. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so, so I, I spent three and a half years at TD Bank. I was I was tapped to take that role um, by my former manager at City, who, like I said, I love. She's still there, um, and uh, you know, managed like like grew, like had a team, grew a team, managed a big group of people, took on more and more responsibility there, um, really managed the business. And after a while, um, I think I think I, I don't think this is a secret, but like, but like, you know, the tech companies are really um, doing more and more. I mean, a company like Amazon does like everything, <laughs> so, so that's you know, it's like it is what it is. But like, I think at a bank, um, some of the thought was was you know really the the technology is taking over um, and how do you be part of that transformation? So I, I often feel like I kind of drift from role to role, but then if I take a step back and I look, I'm like, no, Ashley, I tried really hard to get, to get certain places. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, I just, just take it, take advantage of opportunities. Um, but no, no, really like, like I think I, I joined Amazon um, with, because I wanted to get into tech. So it was, it wasn't, it was less Amazon specific, but more, I wanted to make the leap from financial services, um, where I've been my whole life, um, into technology, because I see that's where the future is. Um, and I think it's important to, to, to be part of the future, at least learn it, um, you know, and, and, and then see where it goes from there. Um, so, you know, I, I actually, I called a lot of friends. I mean, that's at, a, a lesson, a lesson again for college students out there. Don't burn any bridges. You never know what's going to happen. 
Um, and then keep keep your relationships positive always um, because, you know, I called a lot of people um, at Google, at, at Amazon, at, at Facebook, at LinkedIn, et cetera. And I was just like, you know, like, tell me what what you're doing. Like, tell me what, what what's there, you know, what's exciting. Um, and um, it, it was it was great. It was, you know, like just just to get that background. And then when I called my buddy at Amazon, um, he was like, are you looking? And I'm like, well, well yeah. <laughs> He's like, OK, hold on. And he literally pulled up the job search website because Amazon is hiring like crazy. It was then, it still is. Um, and um, and he's like, oh, this is a good role. Let me like refer you to this role. So like, like live, live, he referred me to like a number of roles. Um, and, uh, and I ended up at AWS. Um, and AWS was not at all what I thought it was because I knew nothing. Um, it, it was, it was not at all what I thought it was. Um, but it was, I mean, I don't think I learned so much since college, just everything was different. Every interaction, everything was new. Um, but you know, it was, it was a great experience where I, I worked on, um, you know, because I have a payments background, I worked on uh, helping them with with customers who are who are payments companies, um, and putting together the right partnership pitches and 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 you know how do we bring um, different relationships to to AWS? Um, how do you resonate with customers in that space? So it kind of it worked, um, but uh, but this role within business payments. Um, you know, kind of popped up in my feed. <laughs> so within Amazon, there's like a, there's the, the there's a page that um, um, shows, you know, relevant potential positions just at, at it used to be like the homepage um, and kind of based on where you sit and your level, it would just show you like, here's I new opportunities that yeah, popped up in my feed. Um, and, and so this is, this, this happened again because it was an operations role in business payments. And I was like, well, I know business payments. Like that sounds fun. Like, I, you know, I was like, that's like my, it's like my wheelhouse. Um, and, and even though there was nothing wrong, I mean, AWS was just an exhilarating experience, but like, I was like, I want to get more into core payments because it was, it was more of a sales type, uh, role, you know, core infrastructure, but like sales type role. Um, so I was like, I want to get back into where payments is kind of like my day to day bread and bread and butter. Um, and it was a business operations role. Um, and I reached out to the manager of that role. And I said, you know, like I saw this role, I thought it was interesting. Here's my background. Here's my, you know, credentials. Here's why I want to move. And she's like, yeah, I don't think you're right for this role, but I know somebody who would, you know, who would love to have you. <laughs> And so, um, you know, this, this, he, he, she told me to reach out to somebody else who I did. And, um, I talked to him and he's like, you need to talk to my manager. I talked to his manager. Um, and he's like, yeah, that original role is way too junior for you. Like you, you need to come work for me. 
And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, sure. You know, like that, that, that's great. Um, and, uh, and so here I am. Um, but so, you know, again, I, I don't, you know, I, I feel like things just kind of land. Um, but they don't, they, you know, like you do, you do have to point yourself in the right direction, um, to make sure that you're in the right place when those doors open, right? It's, it's not that, it's not that everything goes exactly the way you wish, because sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. But I feel like I, you know, I positioned myself, um, so that if, if the opportunity comes, I was ready to really take advantage of it. And I think that's that's what happened with, with Amazon Business Payments. Um, um, and so now I'm back like working much more on like core business work, uh, core payments work, um, you know, focusing on credit cards, once again, launching new programs. Um, launching new programs at Amazon is an amazing thing. Um, I was actually given the opportunity to lead a team. Um, you, you know, the, the question was, do you want to lead a team or do you want to do something, you know, that's like innovative? And I was like, innovative all the way. I was like, no, there's no, like, you know, to be able to do something different at Amazon is, is something that you really got to go through and do. Um, so it was, I think, I think um, I made the right choice. Um, and so... Um, you know, I think I think that's I'm glad I am where I am and, uh, you know, and, and being able to do, again, like really cool new things with a really amazing company. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And there's so much more that I think we've just scratched the surface to your story. But um, final question for our interview today. Everyone, I would say, would want to have this amazing career. They want everything to make sense in their life. I think that's what all of us want. We want to be able to take a job and learn something and bring it to the next thing. But we, at the same time, have no idea what the future holds for us. Like everything in your in your career seems very connected. But how, like, how do you know this? Do you have a crystal ball that tells you at home, like, what's the future going to hold? Or are you as clueless as the rest of us? And if so, what's your advice for all of us who are looking forward into this world of uncertainty and um, are planning where we're going to go? How do we get ready for these opportunities that we don't even know are there yet? Yeah, I mean, I would, I was, I'm definitely as clueless as everyone. Um, I, so I, I, I remember like somebody I worked with at, at Citibank who went on to be an entrepreneur. He's like just scary, scary smart. Um, used to like read like, you know, entrepreneurial, like, like new business law books in, in the elevator. And I'm just like, yeah. you know, like I, I used to be like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing with myself. And this guy is like reading law books on like how to start a new business because he's so certain about his vision. Um, so, so I would say if you think you're clueless, um, that's okay. <laughs> Because I think we all think we're clueless. Oh, you're um, okay. <laughs> I had no idea, um, and I went through a lot of iterations of 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 what I thought I wanted, and what I ended up finding out I wanted. Um, you know, my daughter asks says this to me all the time. I want when I grow up, I want to be, you know, an animator at Disney, and I'm like, you have no idea, you know, the amount of work that goes into that. 
And you have no idea what else there might be because I've been there, right? Like I thought this is exactly what I wanted. I thought I wanted psychology. I didn't. It really, you know, you know, I, I thought I wanted advertising and now really, you know, like I thought I wanted marketing and I found product management a lot more enriching and then business management even more exciting, you know, PL management as like as like, you know, like ultimately like what I what I like the most. And then now I'm in business development, which is really much more sales. Like so like I think I think I think, you know, I, I would say I did not know obviously, you know, what would happen if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> you haven't been listening. Um, no idea. Um, I think I just made, as I said, I, I, I made it so that I was in the right place um, when the opportunity comes. Um, and, and I think, you know, you can go into any career that you want to just with, with like a thread of, of the connection to before. So, so I know you said that there was, there seemed to be like a thread that connects everything. There is, there is, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's industry, there's, there's, you know, like background um, that kind of connects all the different pieces. Um, but I think there isn't really a limit as to what you can do because your skill sets could be taken and applied to everything else. I actually had a very recent conversation with somebody who's very experienced in working and she was like, you know, do I make the leap to tech now or do I stay in financial services? And then am I stuck forever if I stay in financial services? And I was like, no, I don't I don't I don't see this as a turning point. Like, like do what you you want, like and 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 make sure you enjoy it. And your skill sets can take you wherever it is that you want to go. Um, there's always a way to take those skills and apply it to different industries, different backgrounds, et cetera. So um, I, I don't think you need a crystal ball. Let's just say that. I don't think that's necessary. Um, you know, I, I think I think it, it is it's I think it is um, important at some point to know what it is that you want um, and and, you know, and focus on that. Um, be rather broad with what it is that you want. <laughs> you know, like if you want something very specific, it might be a lot harder to get there. But if you're broad and open to different opportunities that kind of get you, you know, like small steps forward, um, I think that will eventually help get you to where, where you think you want to be. And along the way, you might find out that's not actually where you wanted to go in the first place. And you you, you decide to pivot, which is fine because because now you know more and 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 you want you want you know you want something different. Um, and don't forget, you know, family, um, you know, everyone is, they're all, you know, you're all students and most of the people who are listening to this or watching this, I'm guessing. Um, but, you know, like I always tell people I work with now, like I'm a mom first for all, beyond all of this stuff, right? Like I'm, I'm mother to my kids first, everything else comes second. And honestly, like if you can't, you know, like appreciate that. I don't want to work with you anyway, you know. So, um, so you know, make sure that you know your priorities. Uh, it is important, and it's easy to get lost. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I think I think you know, be be willing to take risks and be open to opportunities would be kind of my my parting thought um, for this conversation. Well, that's amazing. And your daughter is very lucky to have all of your wisdom to 
hear upon and look upon as she grows up. And thank you for sharing a little bit of that wisdom with all of us here today. Um, it's been amazing having you on the show. Thank you once again. And um, to all of you watching, I hope you learned as much as I did. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And with that, thank you all for tuning in for today's episode of Changing Reality. Uh, we're on every Thursday night at 10 p.m. EST and whatever time that is in your time zone as well. So see you guys again next week. And thank you once again to our lovely speaker. Bye. You're listening to Changing Reality. Changing Reality, where we bend reality all across the world. Only on WQHS Radio.